0: The second clap is always what does it. Three,
1: two, one, go. Action. Perform. I tell you every week, don't do the action thing. It always makes me Three, two, one, and action.
0: All right, everyone. Welcome to the latest episode of the Nosebleeds podcast. We've got a special episode today. You'll see why in a few seconds. I'm Don Kagan Fleming. I'm here with my buddy, Matt, or should I say my buddy's Matt? That's why it's special.
1: Guys, what's up? That was pretty good. I like that one. Yeah. Yeah. That was nice. You know what? A plus. See, I'm creative. Like a plus. A plus, eh? A
0: plus. That's a pretty a plus. Uh, generous. What's the grading scale? It's pretty generous.
1: It's uh, very subjective. It's
0: like, okay. Okay. Gotcha. I want to say reverse alphabetical order, but it starts with K, goes to O, back to it's like really-
2: You ever see Tenet? <laughs> oh, Okay. I got you.
1: It's the idea of, of a grading scheme.
0: Yeah. So, Those that or can't tell. I didn't uh,
1: really get that movie.
0: Those that can't tell, you're hearing the voice of Matthew O'Han, our special guest of the day, TSN yes. <laughs> operator and voice extraordinaire. Wow,
1: Matt, I, and I mean, we all know each other from obviously Concordia University. We're all Stingers alumni, uh, not athletes, of course. <laughs> uh, we you know, if you ever li- if you not. ever tune into any of the broadcasts of the games, or you read any of the Concordian or the Link, you've read our stuff and you've seen us. Uh, we were all there at the same time. Uh, Matt, do you mind giving the people a little uh, bio on yourself?
2: Yeah. So, I mean, what more is there to say? You guys pretty pretty much just regurgitated my resume. I'm at CSN 690. <laughs> I spent time at CJAD as well. Uh, I, four years at Concordia. I only spent one year at the Concordian and somehow managed to get sports editor, which Matt hired me. So <laughs> good, job. good
1: job, Matt. <laughs> Listen, I pick my people well
2: yeah i mean you did do a good job i mean there were some panic attacks in there and thank, thank <laughs> god Don, thank god Don was there to save my ass at the second half of the year it was that we great. we really ass. we
1: really assembled a power tier a team near the end there yeah, <laughs> yeah at
2: the at the end when it when it was like a huge like three-headed monster of writing going on it was it was pretty great there were some you ever articles see, out, you ever see that
1: year. uh that that like meme of like the the chimera it's like two serious dragon heads and the one like with a tongue out like goofy one
2: that would be me that one would I mean be me.
1: I would like to say that's what's all of us we're all that one
2: okay okay I see
1: it's just that one but in times. the head
2: in the he- three heads of writing that like really took down some pretty monstrous articles yeah like I would say I would say you guys are like the the mean serious business ones and then I was just like the idiot that you know
0: you know how it goes <laughs> <laughs> I just think that was fun. Like we, so we all three of us, you know, as, um, as Matt said, we were covering the Concordia sports beat through all of our years at Concordia together. Uh, but usually working for different mediums, publication stuff, you know, um, whether that was like working on the broadcasts, working at the Concordia. And then there was just like a month, two month period, probably two months where we're all together for the first time. And it was, I was so pumped to start it. And like, this is the first time so it was get to like do something together all of us. Yeah.
2: It was, it was really, it was a, that was a good time. Like, I remember when, uh, Matt called me saying, like saying, oh, Don, uh, Don is open to writing for us. And I was like, wow, uh, Okay, I'm, I'm getting on the phone with him, with them right away. I'm scooping, scooping them up. Let's go.
1: <laughs> Cause I remember we, me, me and you, Donna talked about it and yeah. just like you mentioned it briefly. And I think I called Matt right after I'm like, we're, we're going to get them. Like we're going <laughs> to, we're going to go, yeah, like, there's no stable. way this isn't happening. Well, yeah, I was pumped. I was. didn't want to step on any toes because the hockey beat had always been a baby for me, and like we'd
0: all like covered it in different forms. Yeah. So I was so pumped to come in and like be getting to work with you guys. It was ah, it
1: was great. It was fun. Anyways, we got a pretty. Um...
2: Don't get it twisted though. We don't like each other. <laughs> no, this is <laughs> this, this is, is purely
1: over. a work
0: relationship. Everyone is holding you know, up. I messages mean... at each other, writing mean messages. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, we're all in each other's DMs, just like cursing
1: <laughs> I'm like, I- I'm one of those hate callers on TSN 690. I mean like, <laughs> get that Matt kid off the off the airways. This is like, you,
2: my- you laugh, you laugh, but that is the text line, like the entire day. Whenever I say a word, <laughs> that is on the text line. Like, for example, today, not to go not to go off on a tangent, but today, I like, I was just very, I you know when you wake up in a good mood, so like, I was just very happy to be at work and like. <laughs> Tony, Tony, I guess, heard it through my voice because he's working from home. So he heard it through my voice and he's like, why are you in such a good mood? And I'm like, it's a beautiful day outside. What do you mean? Like, I'm at work. We're here. We're like, we're ready to go. It's Friday. It's a weekend is here. And like someone on the text line writes, you're an idiot, Matt. It's minus 25
0: outside. <laughs> and I'm text- like, is- and I just want you voice? to know that I meant it. <laughs> Whether it's but I was like yes, and the text lines are ridiculous. It's but I was like I was just like, but it's sunny, it's nice.
1: I was outside, I was outside this morning. I woke up at 6 a.m. to go to the ODR.
0: Oh, an cool. animal. Yeah, it was fun. You're putting in more work than the Vancouver Canucks right now. Burn, <laughs> take that. And
1: possibly the habs, but I mean different uh topic. Anyways, yeah. let's uh let's start with some of the big news because it happened a couple days ago. I think it's still pretty fresh. And I mean, I say a couple of days ago, it's happening every day. And that's uh, the NHL's um, issue with, uh, honestly, a metric shit ton of COVID cases, not to be uh, too frank.
0: Time, as they say.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but I think the, the biggest, uh, I think, point that really stuck to my head that really made me think about it was the Montreal-Edmonton game from uh, from yesterday. Yeah. Yesterday? Yesterday.
2: Yeah, it was Whoa. yesterday.
1: Time just absolutely warped my head for a second. (laughs) But um, yesterday, obviously, Jesse Pugliarvi of the Edmonton Oilers tested positive. Whoa, whoa,
0: whoa, hold on. No, no, we don't know. He's added to the protocol. Sorry, added to the COVID. Don't get
1: us sued. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Jesse. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, (laughs) it it just the fact that a a team member was added to the list and then a game continued seems, uh, you know, a bit uh, short-sighted to me considering what is obviously how these cases are spreading throughout the league. It's very likely that it's just on ice players giving it to each other. Not uh, shocking that this is kind of how we're ending up considering that the success of the bubble was very contingent on it being a bubble. And now the fact that it's not a bubble, we're seeing exactly why the bubble worked.
0: I mean, first of all, Hey, they took away the glass behind the benches. Okay. What else do you want?
1: We solved it. We did it, guys.
0: I think what's worrying me, right now, I shouldn't say this because I was worried before, but I think the fact that we're now seeing it into the Canadian division, which was supposed to be quote unquote the safe haven of the NHL, able to play games this and that, is that their plan right now is in jeopardy. I mean, how many games have been postponed between, you know, teams like Minnesota, uh Nashville? You know, we're seeing Teams that can't play games. Vegas with the scare the other night of a, of a test coming back and a, in the middle of a game. I don't think the planning has been handled that well here. What do you guys think?
2: I think, well, the, the thing is, is that you have to expect that there was positive tests. Like the NHL is going into the season preparing for positive tests. Mm-hmm. Now, you can, the only thing you can't prepare for, I mean, I guess you could because it's literally their job to, but is to prepare for the amount of cases that are going to happen at one time, right? Because they had to postpone 27 games, move them to later dates. But if you take a deeper look, like 13 of them, I think, or maybe it was 13 or 14 of them involved New Jersey. So that's only one team. So that's the good part is that you could shuffle things around in that case. But, you know, you'd have to think that there is a contingency plan. Um, What, like, when is the the league ends? What, at the end of, uh, at the end of May? Yeah. Regular season. Yeah, so if it, end, it, it ends at the end of May or mid-May, I guess you, I know they want to finish up the playoffs by July, but I I kind of feels like you're going to have to just kind of scrap that plan and you're going to have to come up with some sort of contingency, maybe go next year when hopefully things are back to normal to a 72 game season. I, I would imagine that's a worst case scenario for them. But the thing is that they, they planned for this at least i think they did they planned for positive tests to happen mm-hmm. it's just the optics of it when they actually do happen and how it's handled is just it's never going to be a good thing there's no would- there's no there's no winning outcome out of this
1: no 100% i I'd, I'd be really interested to see as of today where the amount of cases they have fall within their metrics cuz i'm you're right they definitely prepared for it to have positive cases cuz we saw in the nba nfl mlb Every league has positive cases, but I'd be curious to see where, you know, within the, their range of, you know, prepared risk, where we are currently. Are we above expectation, below expectation? I doubt we're ever going to find out. But as, you know, a fan and as someone who, that, you know, keeps a pretty close eye on the league, I'd be very, very curious to see.
0: What worries me is that, let's compare it to the NFL for a second. The NFL had to, to move games. There was this and that but it always felt like while maybe they weren't necessarily being proactive when they were reactive, it was, it was strong. It was settled. This is when we're moving a game to this is that. And that hasn't totally been the case. That's what worries me a bit is that it, it feels like they have a plan, but games are postponed until this date. They're not, they, the fact that they didn't move the Edmonton Montreal game, even one night just to be safe when both teams had the next day off, you know, I, I just wonder can they be reactive with a set plan? You know what I mean? I get it. You, you can't plan, you can't be ready for everything, but do you have backups? Do you have ideas? Like, are they willing to take those steps or are they going to be flying by the seat of their pants the whole season? That's my worry.
2: The, well, I know they had the advantage of having like watching other leagues play before them because I think every other league started their new season before the, the NHL did. So they had that advantage, but at the same time, you're seeing what's going, what went wrong with the NFL, and at this point, I, I, I really think it's not te- a player's fault. Like I think it's more so the people within their household because I think the players are doing their due diligence. Like they have, they know what's on the line here. They know they have millions of dollars at stake, hundreds of thousands in certain cases. So like they know what's going on. They know the severity of it. But it, it, you know, James you Harden really it
1: taking it seriously. You know,
2: you know, you know I, what I mean. I, I was ta- I was talking just the NHL there for, but uh, I know, I but... James Harden, but um, no, but like you, you'd have to. I think you'd have to go off that that assumption because it's not. You can't assume that they're all partying and drinking and, totally, and going totally. out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it also like a positive case can happen from a bad. You can just get a bad bounce. I mean, like totally. you can be out for groceries.
0: Yeah. And look, like the big scandal so far we've seen is guys together in their room, which isn't the smartest thing. It's against that, but that's the scandal we've seen so far. It hasn't been someone partying, it hasn't been someone drinking, it hasn't been someone going out. You know what I mean? Like on that front, I agree. We that that is a relatively safe bet so far.
1: Yeah, I you know, there's gonna be positive cases no matter what, I think. It's unless you're literally playing in a bubble, it's pretty impossible to hundred percent protect everything all the time I just think the fact that they haven't really made their plans known as to what they expect what they don't expect what their hopes for what the contingency plans are make it very difficult for fans and make it very difficult for people covering the league to understand is the league doing as well as they thought are they doing worse than they thought are we you know our team's going to make it to a 50 game 56 game total you know if you're a team uh that is in the north division probably if you're a team like the new jersey devils doubtful um i, I,
2: I don't know i do, think i think they'll make it through i
1: think they're gonna think make so? it through. they've i think they will just
2: because of the in the name of the dollar right like they've lost so much money based on the amount of games lost last year they made some of it up in the bubble but like some of these teams they still have regional uh local sponsor responsibilities to 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 honor so they they have to make it through this season there's no choice plus there's plus their tv deal in the u.s is up like that's billions of dollars like they need to hit 56 games they need to there's no question about it
1: yeah and you know and when the new jersey devils finally finish their season in 2023 it'll be really (laughs) it's gonna be really good you know (laughs) anyways i think uh we all agree we don't know what's happening (laughs) (laughs) I think that's a very general consensus to watch. Um, recently,
0: I feel like is evolving week to week ramp to keep our eye on. But I do exactly. I do have a for you guys. It's moving away from the COVID a little bit to the players that are managing to play knock on wood so far. There has been a lot of talk, mostly joking, but it's been that kind of hockey joking where it's like tinged with, I don't want to say this seriously because it won't happen, but I kind of maybe believe it. And it's the, it's the you know, the hashtag Petrie for Norris. With the joke of Norris voting that it is, can a player, not even Jeff Petrie necessarily, but a player like Petrie who excels in most metrics, who but is not necessarily that kind of household name, can they win an award like a Norris?
1: I, I, I think, think no go go no, ahead, Matt. No, go,
0: no, you, please, my my, you, my
1: point's pretty nonsense, I'll be honest. So go ahead. Okay.
0: okay. I mean
2: it, it's kind of You know, we try as much as hard as we can to look at it through an objective uh, lens, because especially being in like the Montreal bubble, it's like you can't, you know, it's, it's tough, but I don't think you could argue with the way he's playing right now that, and especially the criteria that they give the Norris, they basically give it to the defenseman with the most points Mm -hmm. that there's a case. I mean, of, of course there's cases for other players, but there's no real case against him. Is there?
0: No, I agree. And I think, I guess I wonder if he keeps playing this way, I think it'd be very hard, like you said, to make a case against. I worry about the Drew Doughty syndrome, where a player maybe should have won one before and didn't, and that's whatever. But like, has a guy like Drew Doughty been a great defenseman the last three years. No. Has he still been talked about one and received votes when he shouldn't have? Absolutely. That's what worries me is you see it with, especially, I think the Norris more than any other trophy in the NHL of it being reputation-based at times. Is that something, do you think a player, Petrie or otherwise, can break through that now?
1: I think in a year where we're seriously considering, you know, Joel Eriksson-Eck as a Selke uh, nominee, I think anything can happen. This year makes no (laughs) sense. I think that if we're going to consider, you know, a guy who is probably only in the conversation because he has a good face off percentage on a very, very bad team for the Selkie, you know, Jeff Petrie is probably one of the top four or five defensemen in the league right now. I'll put him, I'll put him right up there. He's having an incredible season. I don't see, there's not really a big knock on his game. Like there are, we, you know, when you had a winner like Suban, where you could talk about his defensive game, a winner like Dowdy, where you know, um, the same kind of questions occurred with, with Petrie, he's such a great all around player and he scores those points. Uh, I don't really see a big argument against besides maybe a bigger name starts doing the same thing.
2: Well, the only the only the first name that came to my mind when like trying to make an argument against and when and when Don brought up uh the 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 Drew Dowdy syndrome. The name that the first popped into my mind was John Carlson. Mm. Um, I don't have his stats offhand in front of me right now, so I'm not Hold gonna up. pretend like I know how he's doing. Um, but you know, what was it? Last year, two years ago, he was scoring at like the most last incredible year. clip ever. So, you know, they they kind of I guess they could they could kind of just hand it to him, and it and it's kind of like a one year delay. deal right yeah you kind of just have 11 points in 12 games 11
0: points in 12 games yeah he's he's putting up points right now so he he's
2: probably he's probably like right up there with petrie in that discussion in that discussion but you know just because petrie has taken a back seat his whole time in montreal to shea weber it doesn't mean that he's not getting noticed right because there's there's, there's hockey writers that do this. Cause yeah. last year we, we can all say, cause we know we, we, we watch most Canadians games is that we're, we know how good Philip Deneau is or how, how good he was last year. Um, and he got some Selkie votes. Like he was in, he was in the mix. Yeah. So I, I think the, with the more you see of the Canadians uh, and the more that they make headlines, with the start that they're off to, except for the last week, the last week that they played, you're going to see Jeff Petrie's name pop up a little bit more and more, especially because he's American. So American outlets are going to pick that up real quick.
1: Yep. Yeah. It's uh, it's, I'm just looking at, at the stats now for the defenseman in the league. He's currently second in points behind uh, Quinn Hughes, but uh, something that's really popping out to me, just looking at the top five, you know, defensive scores, it's, it goes Hughes, Petrie, Hedman, Darnell Nurse and Tyson Berry. Petrie is playing the most shorthanded minutes of any of those people. And he's and playing you, nice. He's second last in power play minutes. Just an interesting kind of comparison where his points are coming from.
2: Well, it, it's also like what I find is, you see, I was just going to say when you say Quinn Hughes' name, I, I'm very familiar with his game because I have him in fantasy and I've been watching him nonstop this season. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, if they get, for, for argument's sake, If they gave it to Quinn Hughes, that is a prime example of Drew Dowdy syndrome. That, like, they did not watch the games at all. They don't have any metrics on defense. They're just giving it to the most points. Because, like, I watched Mm -hmm. this guy, and in the offensive zone, he's a wizard. Like, this guy could skate like the wind. He can control the puck. He has such good awareness. But defensively, he is so lost. It's actually incredible to watch for a young defenseman like that. So skilled, so talented, so much hype around him to
0: just be utterly lost in his own zone losing that security blanket this year really has hurt him absolutely
1: the the very famous Chris Tanev effect that we all heard so much about which is probably just I mean the Canucks have pretty terrible goaltending and uh other teams don't which is probably the main reason more so than losing Chris Tanev I I don't know
2: I feel I I feel I kind of feel for Thatcher Demko because like he's in a big market he played really well in, in the bubble. And I feel yeah. like that accelerated that accelerated people's expectations of him. And it, it's kind of like, it's hard not to do that, but I feel for goalies like that.
0: That happens yeah. in Canadian markets a lot. You find where, like, where you'll have a goalie, they don't even have to, whether they perform amazingly or even just above expectations. Do you remember when Dustin Tokarski was the next thing for that <laughs> one month?
1: And then
2: I I always reserved,
1: I always reserve Con- Con-
2: yeah. the opinion.
1: The Hamburglar. You know all those guys. Hey. I'll, I'll
2: always reserve the opinion that the, that in the twenty fourteen playoffs had the hat. so. This is the dumbest.
0: No, let's the hear it. Ever.
2: It's <laughs> yeah. just if so. You know how generally speaking. I mean, back way back when, when backup goalies weren't as important in the NHL, mm-hmm. and your goalie could play seventy games, um, like had the you know you play differently when you have your backup in net than oh, when really? you have your starter in it's a different it's just a different level of comfort that you have.
0: Confidence. So
2: I I will maintain the position that had the Canadians played in front of Takarski like they were playing in front of Carey Price, they would have won that series with Takarski in Nets. Ooh yeah, absolutely I mean yeah there was such a reservation in their game. When it was just it was just, it up- was just like well, it was just it was just those little things like, mm, should I go for the pinch? I don't know. I have to be back to, to responsibly like to do the responsible thing defensively. You know, it was just like subtle little things like that mm-hmm. that you saw in that series. Mm-hmm. Anyways, that series lives rent free in my head.
1: <laughs> yeah. Anyways, well, I think you know Petrie is a very good choice to win it. I mean, I agree with the Drew Dowdy effect thing. I think that's a very valid, you know, compensation that voters often make um both ways it's either guy with most points guy who should have won it three years ago you know Although those are the pretty much two options probably should have one in his career but he, like he might get a nick from one you know
0: yeah you never know he, he's playing some pretty inspired hockey the last year, like two years so you never know
1: anyways kind of speaking of petrie kind of more speaking about the general kind of types of articles that came out a lot this week were the olympic projected teams wow i'm pretty sure everybody at the athletic wrote one i'm pretty sure everybody at uh, tsn wrote one which means we wrote one we definitely did it i hopped on a bandwagon don hopped on the bandwagon we asked matt to hop on the bandwagon uh so we're gonna go through our picks for the canadian and american 2022 olympic rosters
0: which and, I think have to be the two favorites going through these tournaments you know yeah. uh yeah I- Yeah. I, I, you know, obviously Russia is going to cause problems for some people. Sweden should be strong. Finland's got a good young crop coming up slowly, but I think these are two easy front runners right now.
2: Yeah. I mean, when you have, uh, I mean, I don't know who you, who you guys picked on your team, but I think it would be safe to assume that you have McDavid, McKinnon, Crosby, and Shifley, just to name a few. I mean, it's pretty uh it's pretty hard to argue against that I mean, being favorite. I feel
1: like I feel okay, I'm gonna speak very generally here. I feel like our Canadian teams are gonna be very similar. Yeah. So let's start with something where well, maybe we have a little bit more disagreement. And that's so probably be the what, American side.
2: That's just what I wanted to ask you guys before. Yeah. Is I'm interested to know what criteria were you using? Were you trying to be correct, or would it be the team you would build if you were the GM?
1: The team I would pick. This yeah. the team. Okay. I mean, and I got you too. I'll be fair. I looked at, you know, I obviously read all those articles. And I took people's ideas into consideration. Um, I picked the team that I felt had the best chance to win. I also picked just players sometimes that I like a lot that I feel like could fit. If two things were equal, the real, up, two players were equal, and then I picked the person I like more. Okay, so, got you. How many times uh, did you put Dennis Gurianov and imagine he changed? His <laughs> if I could put him on the Canadian roster, you know I would. I love that man.
0: All right. So do you okay? <laughs> do you want to start see. with the American? Yeah, let's start with the Americans.
1: Uh, I put my my team into lines that I would play them in as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, I did that too.
1: Okay, I feel like we all did that.
0: Yep. That well, that would be, um,
1: happened when we all confirmed it. So yeah. Okay. Cool. Good. Cool. <laughs> cool. Uh, great job, guys. Okay. Um, me and Don wrote about our teams uh, in uh, on my website, so I, I'm cu- I'm really curious to see Matt. What? Who is your top line for the American 2022 Olympic team?
2: So I I, I kind of had a tough time with this but ultimately in the end i decided to just because it's such a short and condensed tournament i went with like firepower 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 at the especially at the top end because like if i was building a team of just american players i personally would have matthew kachuk on my top line for an 82 game season i I think matthew kachuk is like such a good player i'm like his number one biggest fan um, so I, like that, but in this case, I have him on my third. So my top line would be, uh, Austin Matthews, uh, flanked by Johnny hockey on the left wing and Patrick Kane on the right wing.
1: I have the same first line. I do not have the same first line, but I have all those players. Than you, so my first line is Austin Matthews with Kachuk and Brock Besser. I just, I just went firepower. Like you said, yeah. all three of those guys have rockets. That's just gonna be a line that's gonna score.
2: So, let me, let me ask you: Did you was there like a thought process that you or that you debated into putting uh, Brock Besser over Patrick Kane, for example?
1: Uh, yes, and I think I can get into that since you two had the same first line. I'll just go with my second line. Okay, my second line I had Jack Eichel with Patrick Kane and Jake Gensel, and that's a, that's a line I felt like had a lot more speed on it, and I feel like Eichel and Kane in the offensive zone. Dipsy doodling is going to be as unstoppable as Matthews, Besser, and Kachuk, just ripping, ripping shots. So I, I went with like a two-pronged attack. First line is just going to be heavy shot, like shot heavy. Second line is probably going to be very much more puck possession, cycling, sniping.
2: Okay.
0: I, I get my,
1: but I, I feel yeah. like. I also debated putting Eichel and Matthews together because I think that'd be fun. But, you know, I digress. Yeah. <laughs>
2: I mean, if you ask the market of Toronto, you're gonna—that means you're shifting Eichel over to the wing, and then you're <laughs> angering that whole market. Because if you—if you, if you wanna—if you wanna ask the Buffalo market, you're shifting Matthews over to the wing, and yikes.
1: I mean, I really- I'd probably put them both on wing, and then just put like Dylan Larkin in the middle, whatever.
0: Yeah, just for the fun of it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Nobody gets what they want.
0: <laughs> Your team, came. exactly. You have been. You always have been.
1: I'm King Solomon cutting the baby in the middle.
0: Yikes. <laughs> I, I like your style. I went with, <laughs> that's a great reference. It's one of the reasons I wanted to have the first is because I want, I want a goal scorer in every line, but I want, for me, it's, it's, it's a chemistry thing, but it's, I want to be able to threaten in similar ways with every line players mm-hmm. that can do different things, but threatening similar. Way. My second line, I went with Eichel, Blake Wheeler,
1: and Max Pacioretty. I, think I, I have all three of those guys on my team as well.
2: Yeah, I have, well, I have, I have, Blake Wheeler as my, as one of my extras. Um, yeah. yeah. but I have, uh, on my second line, I have Jack Eichel flanked by Max Pacioretty and Kyle Connor.
0: Yeah. Um, Third, yep.
2: Cause I think just like there's, there's, there's a lot of sniping going on on that line, right? Cause they could all mm-hmm. shoot the puck obviously. And, and Connor and Pacioretty are known for that, but I think there's just something about Pacioretty's game and Kyle Connor's game where they just get themselves into such perfect positions where they know they're going to score, but they're also kind of under the radar. Like they're good at being sneaky behind defenses Yep. so that they can kind of get lost in the fold with so much happening on the ice that Eichel could just find one of them. And then it's pretty much an automatic goal. As long as the shot hits the net.
0: Mm-hmm. That's Not one like of my favorite traits in, in NHL scores is finding soft ice. It's why, you know, like one of my favorite prospects to watch. It's why I think Cole Caulfield is going to have success in the league because a lot of guys can score in, you know, lower leagues, at a clip or even some guys in the NHL, but the ones that are going to consistently score are the ones that don't have to beat a goaltender with a rocket. Every time it's about finding a position where you're going to be able to score. Cause you know, you have that skill set.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that. I like those lines too. I mean, I feel like so far, I think we're all in agreement with the players on the team. Uh, I'll get to my third line and I'm sure, you know, you guys already mentioned two of them. I also went with a chemistry kind of uh aspect on this one. I have, Dylan Larkin centering a line with Kyle Connor and Blake Wheeler. at the line that offers a lot of speed. Wheeler is kind of the toughness on that line, digging pucks out of the corner. Larkin, I feel like I like him in the corners too. Speed, I feel, always wins. So that's a big theme on my team. Uh, I think that'd be probably one of the best third lines in the history of the NHL if that was on a real team. So (laughs) I'm pretty happy with that one. I have almost the same line. I have Kyle Connor with Dylan Larkin and JT Miller. Ooh. So I, uh, uh, know, I got Miller's on my subs. So, oh, wow. <laughs> wow okay, I mean, well, I don't that, know what that look was. <laughs> uh, my,
2: my, I mean, my third line is uh, this is a very me type of line. Like, I would love, love watching this line. Um, this would probably be my favorite line if this was the actual team. Uh, Dylan Larkin flanked by Matthew and Brady Kachuk. That is. <laughs> I like to think it's so. More-
1: yeah you know what I like that too so
2: but I mean the thing with Brady Kachuk and like so ultimately my my whole debate was it was Brady Kachuk or Blake Wheeler in as like who was going to be the extra who was going to be on the line um and and I ultimately went with Brady Kachuk because like if you watch him now like he's such a pain in the ass and he's kind of immature he's such he's kind of immature in his game though right like he's always looking to pick fights Mm -hmm. And he's always searching for them. Like he's never going to, he's always grinding it out. He, It's just, there's that immaturity of like, oh yeah, whatever. I'll just kick your ass when like, you probably shouldn't do that because you're, you're better served on the ice than in the penalty box. Mm -hmm. So there's that, there's that immaturity in his game. But I think with, with the Olympics around the corner, I think he'll turn that around and, and kind of, kind of realize that he needs to play a little bit more uh, what's the word I'm looking? At? Um, disciplined, and he'll he'll find his way onto that team because he is so good. Like he he, if he wasn't on Ottawa, he would be a point per game player right away this season.
0: Yep. Oh, my my like line is similar to your third actually because it's the two Kachucks flanking Jack Hughes, and part of the reason I chose Ooh. that to have them all on the team, but also because I think it would look hilarious. I thought- <laughs> It's, it's really, I love the idea of just like four foot two, Jack Hughes with his two giant dogs on leashes. And that's honestly my amateur reason for picking this. One. <laughs> <laughs> I like, like that. Great players that could probably mesh, but that image is the biggest reason. And I'm <laughs> happy to admit that.
1: So far, I think me and Don have the exact same, I think all three of us have the exact same players so far. And I feel like my fourth line doesn't break that. I got Johnny Goudreau with Max Pacioretty and Jack Hughes. That's a line that offers absolutely no defense. This is a line that is just out there. You know, ozone starts only. They're they're just there to get goals. And if that puck comes back the other way, you get off the ice. (laughs) You know, so I like that line a lot. I think it's a ton of fun. That's a very high event line, I feel. So they're either going to get burned incredibly or they're going to score an absolute, you know, It's a really nice one. I don't know what I was going to go for there. My brain just shut off.
2: (laughs) That that happens to me more times than you can
0: count it.
1: Cool. That's my fourth line.
0: I bet. I think we've talked about a lot of the same players. I bet our goaltenders are exactly the same. Or at least. Well, I mean, that's, that's the one part that I was always thinking. Like goaltenders, even defensemen, there could
2: be some, some little. It might just be who's like, who's a sub
1: and who's not. Yeah,
2: Yeah, but I mean, like, it's so hard with the forwards, right? Because, like, yeah. my fourth line is Jake Gensel, JT Miller, and Alex Dabrinkit, right?
1: Oh, or I didn't Debrinket. even put Dabrinkit on my team. I not Gensel or Dabrinkit. They were close.
2: So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just, I think, well, so Gensel, we all know what he could do. It's going to be yeah. interesting to see, like, what he could do without Crosby, because I'm a little still apprehensive about him
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, as, a, as a player on his own. But uh, JT Miller, I mean, this guy has been unbelievable since joining vancouver and the Brinkett's just one of those guys he's so fun to watch yeah flies under the radar i think the only reason why you won't see him on the team is because of his size and like yeah we're i'm going with a lot of firepower but that's just not how the americans make their team right like they like to go bigger they like to be a tough team to play against so i could easily see uh, a guy like uh well, you know Brooksy, we
1: just really built built a team that was meant to beat canada oh.
2: well that's it no seriously like, that's <laughs> how you get that's that's how they model their team a lot of the that's, time. that's how you that's so how like, you
1: lose tournaments i don't think they'll make so, the same mistake again
2: i don't know man they haven't changed much in the usa front office at the at the pro level yeah.
1: i think
0: it'd be interesting uh-huh. to see who they, who they have as a coach i think that might decide a lot of i know it's not just the coaches yeah. select teams, but you pick based on you know how they're going to coach to a degree so yeah
1: for sure um, my only yeah. other sub was TJ Oshie just in case she goes to a shootout. Um, oh, and you just need somebody to score four in a row.
2: Yeah. My, my extras were Jack Hughes and Blake Wheeler.
1: Cool. I like that. On, uh, on yeah, defense. I, mean, I, on. I just, ha-
2: I just haven't seen enough of Jack Hughes to, to like firmly put him in the lineup, but I have, I've seen a little bit that I know like, wow, this guy's a good player and you got to assume even next year, I'll take the next step.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Did you go through your fourth line, Don? Yeah, I did. I had, the, I had the Hughes and his dogs. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. And his cool. dogs. dogs. That's a good band name.
0: Hughes and his, dog. Hughes and his dogs. <laughs> dogs. Dogs. Uh, <laughs> in terms of defense, I you know we spent time talking about. It. I got Petrie on my top pair. I'm all right. pair, and all of these pairings for me are kind of you can play any of these as your top pairs. I'm splitting. Everyone's getting about twenty give or take with special teams, but I've got Petrie and Hughes. John Carlson and Charlie McAvoy, who has quickly become deeply underrated in my mind. And uh, Ryan McDonough with Seth Jones and Jacob Slavin as a, as a 70 as a scratch.
1: Okay. Matt, okay. you I did. Yeah, uh,
2: yeah, Yeah, so I did uh, Quinn Hughes and Seth Jones as my top pairing. Uh, I went with uh, Charlie McAvoy and Jeff Petrie as my second pairing. And I went with... Uh, Zach Wierenski and John Carlson as my uh, fourth pairing, uh, third pairing. And my extra would be Jacob Truba. I think there's two extra these. Yeah. So I, I, I put two extras anyway. So I, 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 put Jacob Truba and Tori Krug. Um, I just think like though, again, like Don, my, they would probably play equal amounts each game. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they offer you all the same thing. Like, an offensive defenseman that could also be the stay-at-home guy. And then there's a guy that just runs free on you offensively.
1: Yeah. I like that. I feel like we all had various, you know, versions of the same defense. I had Hughes with Krug, uh, Carlson with Petrie and Slavin with McAvoy and Roransky and Jones as my subs. Yeah. So I feel like you know what? I don't have any issues with uh any I feel like in any order. I feel like those that defense, those top eight are pretty solid. But honestly, the defensive end, uh, The Americans look pretty good.
0: Yeah, I like a lot. And in net, they look good, too, because I think most of us have a combination of Hellebuck and Gibson, probably. Yeah, Um, yeah, Yeah, I I got Hellebuck, Gibson, and then... just They can have someone learn to eventually take the reins. Who do you
1: have as your third? Thatcher Demko. I hate Demko,
0: yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Thatcher Demko.
2: I I just think it's... Goaltending is one of those positions where it's, like, a little too young to throw onto the Olympic team. Like, they can do that with Jack Hughes, you know, because he's a young guy, but forwards produce, and I don't know, defense, like, you know, I, I, Spencer Knight's a guy that I, I could easily see being the goaltender at the World Hockey Championships.
0: Yeah, yeah, 100%. And for me, it's it was never to even come close to sniffing the ice. It's purely, I put
1: him there as... Learning experience.
0: Uh, yeah. Cool. You know, Canada?
1: Yeah, let's do it. Okay. <laughs> I it's, think this is where we have, we kind of like, this is where I really went in on the lines and like re- really thought about it. I don't know about you guys, like the Americans, I, I, did, I, I, did I put, I put thought into it as well, but I feel like I can move stuff around and be happy with it with the Canadians. This is exactly how I want this team to look. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. If anything is different, I will riot. Just yourself. Just you, just throw just a letter
2: to hockey in from, Canada
1: in front of Roberto Luongo's house. he will join in Lose crazy. <laughs> All right. Cool. Who wants to start with the first line? I'll I'll go, Matt. Uh, I, I've I, you know I've seen I've seen I've seen yours, Don. Oh, Matt, give me yours oh, over okay, here. <laughs> okay, I'll
2: go. I, I mean I feel like we'll all have the same top line, this but one. then the Maybe. and then it'll get and then the bottom nine will be super interesting to see. Yeah, um, I agree. So my my top line, I mean, I just went with McDavid flanked with Huberdeau and McKinnon. Like, I, I just don't think you have to come up with the hot take you know on the top line like this is just this is a line i i just want to see so badly and if i was if i really wanted some like offensive craziness it would destroy the purpose of another line but i would throw Braden point up there instead of huberto but i like huberto up there
0: yeah i've got that line except i have huberto on another line i put maddie barzell on the wing there i have the exact same thing I just think I, I so agree. And I get why you went with Hubeldo there. And I, I battled that. I just, I love watching Mar- Matthew Barzell. Like you hear the term, put the puck on a string. And I've never seen a player that makes me think of that visually so much. And just watching that control, that movement with McKinnon and McDavid was too enticing
1: to pass up for me. Just speed. Like that's the fastest line in hockey history. I'm into it. I love it. Yeah. Give me <laughs> the freak line. Give me the freak line i want it you know what
2: would actually you know what would actually make it the fastest line in the history of hockey is if you had those three guys with like bobby sanguinetti i don't know if you remember this guy legend won the fastest skater in the ahl skills competition in like 2013 (laughs) and like you just for the hell of it because you wanted it to be the fastest line ever yeah doesn't really work because he's from canada but you also throw like paul byron in there
1: yeah oh wait
2: no we're doing team canada <laughs> yeah yeah so it does work
1: <laughs> i like that cool uh, i think that, i think we're all pretty happy Huberto, i feel like he deserves that top line spot too if i didn't want such a circus line i feel like he'd be up there instead i yep. those that like marzell and Huberto are my switchies.
0: yeah i can see that as well
1: second line cool. i feel like we also all have the same center right? all the exact same thing for the second line probably yeah. right yeah, we probably all okay. Been. We're all thinking it. No one needs to say a word. Mum's the word, you know. We're all, you know, nothing, no need to bring well,
0: it up. Crosby Third line, line, you know,
1: I think that part's similar with all of us,
0: correct? Well, who Crosby, Crosby and Marshawn?
1: Let's yeah. say it all the same time center, right wing, left wing. Ready? Three, two, one, Crosby, Crosby, oh, Bergeron,
0: Bergeron
1: Marshawn. <laughs> nope, I didn't have Bergeron there. Ooh. I've
0: split up that line. It was a tough one for me, but I thought one guy that doesn't get enough love that would play perfectly with those two is Mark Stone.
1: Yeah, and you know, I, I also stopped taking the wheels off the Ferrari, but then I thought against it. So... Right. <laughs> <laughs> I upgraded.
2: I uh, see it's it's funny because like I, I I was thinking a lot about this line and I'm like, oh man, they're getting up there in age. But like it I have it as my second line but I could easily make that trio my fourth line and like the team would totally. still be as good, you know? So I, I just think you you keep that together because I, I don't think you see Bergeron on, not that he's not a good player. It's just, I don't think you see Bergeron on this team if he's not playing
0: with Crosby. Which was my tough battle for leaving him off. Mm-hmm. And I oh, you that, left him yeah. off the roster completely. That was, it was a fight for me. It was a fight, I texted Ooh, you. Hot take alert, um, <laughs> hot take alert. <laughs> Yeah, it is. Absolutely. And I feel, and, and I would, if someone called me an idiot for it, I'd recognize it. I just think Mark Stone, Crosby and Marshawn, you don't get the puck. No one gets the puck if you're playing against them. You don't yeah. Get the
2: I mean, yeah, I, I love Mark Stone. Mark Stone's fantastic. Mark player. Stone
1: on that's Chell, they messed up his face so much. That my apartment has collectively dubbed him the Goblin King. <laughs> Think- in Chell, he's unbeatable. He's the best player in that game. He never loses a puck battle. It's insane. You, you, like Mark Stone. In real life too, just, obviously. Uh, in the, the, game. Whole,
0: the, the whole
2: just franchise of Ottawa and the players that come out of there, they kind of remind me of like a, a Premier League team that just gets... All their players like ransacked by like a rich team.
0: <laughs> yep. <laughs> like,
2: like that's what they just remind me of because I can like go a... through like off the top of my head like three names right off the bat that like they just gave away, and those players were just so much better off.
1: Yeah. Oh, what's that team in Germany that Bayern Munich just buys from? Ah, um, uh, yellow colors.
2: Oh yeah, of course, Borussia Dortmund. There
1: that's we go, the Borussia Dortmund. I, I was blanking. They're, on my
2: them. Ger- they're my German team. I also I like them. Too. Yeah. Definitely. I know blank on them. the name.
1: But yeah, that's like that. You know, they had Lewandowski. They had all those guys.
2: Yeah, but it's just like Mark Mark Stone. I just, I I can't wait to watch this guy in like the prime time.
1: He's sick. He's awesome. It's going to be great.
2: It
0: gets when it comes to an all-around player. And quite, you know, my favorite thing is a toolbox player, a guy who can do everything. And Mark Stone is the epitome of that. That's facts.
2: Yeah. All right, third line. I feel like this is where it's going to get interesting. Is, is the, bot- the bottom six is actually where it gets interesting okay.
1: because get then
0: to... it's like the
2: combination of players, like who you yeah. threw in there, who you left out.
1: Okay, uh, Matt, you want to go first?
2: Sure. I did uh, Stephen Stamkos flanked by Mitch Marner on the right and Braden Point on the left.
0: I have very similar line.
1: That's my, that's my exact... I mean, I have that line, just not my What's
0: going favorite. on here? <laughs> What's oh, going on? I had points, Point playing center... Stamkos is one of my extras, but I had point flanked by Hubert and Marner.
1: Yeah, I like that too.
0: I think Hubert is a player that'll fit on any line, to be honest. Yeah, he, he's someone you yeah. can
1: fit on anywhere. He makes any line better.
0: Yeah, and we're yeah. playing together is a dream for any coach. Yeah. The, the skill level there and the transition play there, that line, you give them the puck, uh, in their own end and they're going to be creating chances at the other so quickly with the way they move. It'll be great.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that. I went with my third line of uh Huberto and Mark stone on the wings and Bo Horvat in the middle. I did but not talk about, about a line. If you're talking about a line where nobody's getting the puck off any of those players, those are three guys that really excel in puck possession, really excel uh, in, you know, moving, you know, on the defensive end as well. They're, they're all very solid. I just felt like, I mean, I really thought about just absolutely hammering the offensive on this one and putting like Stamkos and, Point and and Marner. And I kept that line as my fourth line. But I feel like with the third line, I'm like, you know what? Let me try to actually like build a team the same way like Team Canada will, which is can, they're going to have one defensive line because why, you know, why not? Uh, so that's why I went with that. Also, I really not? like Bo Horvat. Bo Horvat.
0: I, I went with a, a defensive line for my fourth, but it's also got a lot of offensive power. It's got one guy that we I think we all have in one form or another, but haven't mentioned Mark Scheifele uh, on the right wing with Ryan O'Reilly and Sean Couturier.
2: Sean Couturier, I left him off the I left him off completely. Really? I know he's Not a player. Same. I know he's I know he's a player that like Team Canada loves, but again, in like these in these very short tournaments, you want to just have like an offensive explosion and like maybe mix in one guy, not two that are like kind of those, No, I won't say defensive minded because Sean Couturier has scored 30 goals uh, before, but I mean, my, so my fourth line, for example, Matt Barzal on the left wing, Mark Scheifele down the middle and Mark Stone on the right wing. And Mark Stone is that guy. That's more of the defensive uh, responsible guy.
0: Mm-hmm. No, that's fair. And I don't think, See, for me, none of these lines that any of us have said is an argument against the line. It's more just like, well, this guy gets left off. And that's, that's like, it's it's kind of more just our
2: philosophies of how we build teams. One
0: hundred percent. I will say, I I threw in one guy. I, I, you know, I brought two guys in because I'm very for teams, letting guys not play, but sit and learn that are going to be a big part of the future. One of those, my goaltender Carter Hart, because I think he's going to be the future there, but also on forwards, he's like, he's not going to touch anything. Stand post is an extra if someone would get injured but i put nick suzuki in there not to play i don't think he's he's there as a talent but again i think he's going to be one of those centers that they've got yeah, he, he's one of my
1: subs as well
2: yeah see i th- i think with um with the way that team canada is going dis- to construct their team because like do we even know where the 2026 olympics are
0: no clue uh we okay they-
2: so let's so like we don't know if they're going to go to the olympics that year right mm-hmm. so with that in mind, I said like I, I, I see your philosophy of like leaving people on the bench just to sit or leaving people not on the bench but like in the, in the in the rafters or whatever you want to, in the passerelle, we'll say <laughs> maybe in Quebec here. Wow. Um, I see I see that philosophy but like I'm also siding with Coit with when he said uh, you know I have or was maybe it was you Don who said that uh, you have Stamkos as an extra.
0: Yeah, that's me. throw that in
2: there wrong. in case. Okay, yeah. So in case in case there's an injury, but I don't see it that way. I see it as we have an injury. Oh damn, we need to win this tournament because we don't know the next time we'll be at this tournament. And yeah. we saw what Team Canada looked like when they didn't have NHLers. So my extras were John Tavares and Ryan O'Reilly.
1: Yeah, yeah. I really went back and forth on that one too, because my, I, you know, I, my fourth line obviously is, is Stamkos, Point, and Marner, just because I want an, an absolutely insane offensive line. But with the extras, I went with Shifley because I feel like he's the probably the fifth best Canadian center out there. And I left JT and I left O'Reilly and I left Couture off just because I feel like they it, their their roles were replaced by better versions of themselves. Yeah, you
2: know? that's fair. JT,
1: you know, Crosby is just a you know is an insanely better version of John Tavares. And I feel like when when you have someone like that, you know, do you need Ryan O'Reilly on this team to win? Probably not. If you need a Katuri on this team to win, probably not. So you can probably pick guys who are a little bit more offensively inclined and a little bit of a better fit. Uh, So that's just my reasoning. But also, those two players are extremely good, and they'll probably take them. Yeah,
2: that's also the thing is I went with Ryan O'Reilly because, like, Doug Armstrong is the GM. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, he's going to take his player. Ryan
1: O'Reilly with McDavid and And, McKinnon. Let's go.
2: And he's just, like, he's just, like, a guy that screams Team Canada. You know what I mean? Like, he's, like, the good Canadian boy who, like, back checks as well so everybody's yeah. got the offensive talent
1: yeah I think you're 100% correct
0: so I think I think one thing that'll be interesting to jump in here as we start to close off uh time wise is the defense because I think there's some options here I I think there's a
1: lot of options this might be where we get the biggest variance yeah. between the teams
2: you know what I found most interesting before you get into your actual lineup what I just found when I was looking at the defensemen available I was just thinking how like There are so many defensemen that are just, are going to make this team, but a lot of it is based off of potential, not what they've actually done, because there's a lot of young Canadian talent.
1: Oh, my team, my team. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I want to hear,
2: I have a good, I have a good mix of that. So I want, I'm interested to see what yours is.
1: Yeah. You want, you want to start then? I'm I'm really interested to see what yours is. Yeah. Hannah, this one, I'm curious.
2: Yeah. So I went with, um, with Shea Theodore as, uh, the, the top right defenseman. Uh, i also did left wing uh, left side right side like i, yeah, I, I followed that, that okay so i did shay theodore on the right side with kale mccarr on the left side um the second pairing is probably the the most balanced pairing and it's weird that i say that now i'm going to say their names and you're going to think i'm an idiot uh not that you already don't mm-hmm. but um but um morgan riley and dougie hamilton Interesting.
0: Um,
1: I absolutely do not think you're an idiot. I think that's an absolutely incredible second pairing.
2: That's not for a compliment and I got it. Um, and then my last, uh, my last pairing is, uh, is Thomas Shabbat and Shea Weber.
0: Ooh. Ooh. Interesting.
2: They, we're definitely seeing some variants here. I like yeah. it. See, I'll, I'll, like, I feel like I don't really have to explain the top, the the top two, but for I'll, I'll just throw in a little explanation for the last one is that I feel like, Weber is most effective on the ice when he can do his job and just not have any any extra offensive responsibility. So he doesn't need to pinch and then he'll get caught in the offensive zone. You know, when he has a guy like Shabbat that's so mobile and such a good skater, he can just really excel at his strengths totally. of grinding down of grinding down opposing offenses.
0: That's why I had I had and- Sorry, go ahead. yeah
2: Andy Shea Andy Shea Weber so like he's going to be on team Canada. he's like he's like this team's favorite son or something
0: yeah you're 100% correct i've got him on mine too i've got him my top pair i paired him with kale mccarr cool. <laughs> okay cool that's I'm fun there i think that lot, i just yeah if you see that coming at you i don't know what you do
1: i mean uh, after that i mean skate I'll towards also... Shea weber probably like sorry you probably skate towards Shea weber and then you end up on your ass. I mean, unless you're just fast. unless
2: you're just quicker, yeah, yeah. You just gotta be. I don't even know if quicker. You just need to be quick.
1: Yeah.
0: I don't know. I look. Is Weber a fast defenseman? No, 100. percent But I think I think he's
1: positionally sound enough, and he's got a good enough stick. Okay, yeah. top pairing. You got Shea Weber and Kale McCarr. Americans show up. It's Matthews and Eichel. Uh, it's, how's it's how's that going? How's that going?
2: Probably for me, it's just there's. There's one thing about Weber. Is uh-huh. obviously he's he's a fantastic player, and yes. I can't really knock him on anything. But the one thing I'll say is that it's kind of like he thinks with his legs. It's like his legs are ahead of his brain at some times because okay. he'll play he'll play like he's 30 years old again, but he's not, and yeah. he just doesn't have the legs. He's losing those steps that he mm. just needs to adjust and tweak his game, a, just a little bit, so he could be more effective as a defenseman.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Sorry?
1: You want to run through? Yeah, I was gonna ask you, you want to run through the rest of your
0: second. <laughs> I think I, I like the balance of this one a lot. I put Morgan Riley uh, with Alex Petrangelo. Ooh. Yeah, I think those are two really solid guys. I think Petrangelo makes up a little bit for some of Riley's lapses there. Um and again, I, I don't know it I think that's a tough pairing to game plan against. For any team, U.S. or otherwise. And yeah, then I, I agree. this one, I'm interested to see what you think. I also put Dougie Hamilton because I don't think you can – I I could see an argument to leave almost anyone off this group because there's a lot of great options. But I think Dougie Hamilton is just such a great tool to have here. And I paired him with Ryan Ellis. Ooh. who I think might be a bit bad guy, but I think it's just a rock to have. Like, he's – again – He's unlike the U S that line might not see as many minutes as the other two for me, but I think Ellis is a guy that can serve you well in a lot of different situations and can just, he's not going to be spectacular, but he's going to offer an element that maybe some of the other guys don't. And I don't mean as a stay at home defenseman, I just mean, you know what you're going to get there. It's going to compliment Dougie Hamilton's game a lot there. And I think he can eat minutes if you need him to. I think he's one of the, He's not as shiny of a toy as a lot of defensemen in this league, but he is one of the better defensemen in this league and has been for some years.
1: All right. I mean
2: Yeah, I agree. I know I agree. I'm like one of it's I'm one of I'm basically a huge Calgary, anyone who's played on Calgary, their biggest fan. Like I used to be Mark Giordano's biggest fan. Now I'm Dougie Hamilton. Obviously, he used to play for Calgary. Now he's playing for for Carolina. But that's the thing, is that I feel like not a lot of people realize how good he is because he plays on a smaller market team like Carolina. That's not necessarily always on TV.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, okay. So when I wrote this, when I, when I wrote this piece uh, last week, my, my lineup obviously is very similar to yours. I'm surprised you guys left off Colton Pareko. That was someone I thought that was a pretty much. He's not, he's in he's not, he's not
2: even in, he's not even on my extras.
1: Yeah. That's shocking yeah. to me. So my, my top line, I had uh, Morgan Riley with Kale McCarr. And w- when I wrote this piece, I had uh, Shea Theodore with Sam Girard. I think I'm going to call an audible and put Sam Girard as my extra and put Dougie Hamilton there. Yeah. I, I do really like Dougie Hamilton. And I didn't have him on my my top seven before. I don't know why. I feel like, like I like just like potential a lot as like a philosophy I have in hockey. But Dougie Hamilton right now is probably one of my favorite dif- players to watch. I think he's awesome. So I'll put him with Shea Theodore. Uh, and then my third pairing is Thomas Shabbat with Colton Pareco. And uh, obviously Sam Girard is my extra. Before I had Devin Taves as my extra. because again, I like Devin Taves a lot, uh, but now it'll be Sam Girard. He can uh, watch his teammate uh, play on the top pairing.
0: Hold on, I have a yeah, question. I went... You wanted to, you were roasting what Shea Weber is gonna do when Matthews and Eichel comes out. Morgan Riley is gonna suddenly learn defense? against
1: them listen okay i tweeted this and this i tweeted this before morgan riley scored that ot winner against the habs also i just stepped on a tack and just like stabbed well, my toe and now i'm bleeding profusely, <laughs> oh, <my. laughs> profusely. What? Oh, my i mean God. not profusely just like a little bit just a little well, bit of blood you were saying your picks are bad sorry bud no I mean, not that bad. was instant karma there but um uh,
0: well,
1: <laughs> well you want it you want it you want to talk
2: potential i mean my extra is Bowen and byram yeah. Oh, and Bo, I have Bowen and Byram and, uh, and Alex Petrangelo as my two extras. I mean, I just, I watched Bowen Byram. I mean, we all watched him at the world juniors and like, it's, it's pretty evident that he is NHL ready. Like he, he was far and away like playing like 30 minutes a night for team Canada in the medal rounds.
1: Yeah. He's awesome. Absolutely. Okay. I remembered what I was going to, the point I was going to make about Morgan Riley was is that Morgan Riley is like an incredible defenseman. 98% of the time and then he just gets absolutely dog walked like four times a year that it always makes the highlight reel.
2: It's you know what's so funny about you know what's so funny about that, you know so funny about that? <laughs> I always think that about Jeff Petrie. I think yeah, he's yeah, yeah, it's, it's, so like, it's like it's like one, one in every I'll say nine games Petrie just has a really bad game one in every nine but then the rest of the eight he's like fantastic.
1: Oh, I'm not even talking about games. Like I just think Morgan Riley just gets highlight reeled like four times a year. I don't. Think his gap control is. <laughs> and it's
2: always Con- and it's always Connor McDavid. I
1: mean, that's just got to cause you absolute trauma just to have that one highlight on, on your on your resume. But like that game, he scored the OT winner against the Habs. He got he got messed up by Suzuki pretty badly. I, I think it was inside out. And then but he went and scored the OT winner. So I mean, I like that too. Great. Um, goalies. I feel like we all have the same three goalies. Um, Adding someone to my original one because I- if you don't have Price, Hart, and Blackwood, I think you're incorrect.
2: I have all three of those in that order.
1: I, uh, I like have Price and Hart, and I'm adding Kemper
0: to that list. OK, sure, why not? I, <laughs> I would take Kemper over Blackwood. OK. I, I will say that I also Darcy, like Kemper,
2: Darcy Kemper is really, really good. <laughs> thank he's, you. It's just really unfortunate that he's on such a bad team oh, that is like the most boring team of all time to watch. He's the same age as um, Price.
0: Like, What are you like? Is he really? He's like 31. Yeah, Damn. he's been on a bad team his entire career. What do you want? Actually, one sec. Let me actually check that before I say that. Yeah, this is also the guy who said Edmonton. was, Edmondson was thirty. Oh, I thought Edmondson was okay. Yeah, Kemper's thirty. Okay. Yeah, and he's still a good I mean, goal. Thirty is not bad. Thirty is not bad. Old. I'll take I'll take
1: Blackwood over him though.
0: I mean, yeah. the third goalie never plays anyways. Exactly. Like yeah, so I take him. I take him over Blackwood as a third.
1: Sure. I mean, I, I like Kemper, too. I'm not going to, like... Uh, I I'm, mis- I'm mis- roasting you because it's funny, but Kemper is also probably my fourth choice on this team.
0: You've heard him. He's one of our listeners.
1: <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Darcy. <laughs> Anyways. Darcy, yeah, is, there more, is there
2: more? Is there a more Canadian name out there than Darcy? Darcy... I oh, love it.
1: I think Douglas. He's pretty Canadian.
2: Douglas? No, I'm just thinking first names.
1: Oh, first name? Douglas is a good one. Um, yeah, because you get Doug. Like you can't go more than Doug. Like it's pretty perfect. Yeah, Gordy, Gordo. Mm,
0: yeah, I don't, don't know have as many Gordys today though. So me
1: no. Doug. I feel like for, for for uh like men's names. Stacy is a name that like has kind of gone out of style, but I feel like it's very Canadian. I had a so sense-
0: no, Stacy. I had said when I did karate at age six, he was Sensei say Stacy. <laughs> You know,
2: uh, I I thought the most Canadian name ever when I saw them pop up on like my old NHL game. This is like really old school. Jody Shelley.
1: (laughs) Yeah. NHL legend. Yeah, he is a legend. Jody Shelley. Wow. What a name. I haven't thought about that. Well, ever, probably. I I know, I know. That's the thing is that I'm
2: I'm just happy. I'm just happy. I managed to fit in uh, a Bobby Sanguinetti reference, (laughs) a uh, a
0: Premier League reference and a Jody Shelley reference all in the same episode. I feel like most (laughs) fans have like a name that they think of that they were either a fan of now or like back in the day. Like I always think Adam Deadmarsh, that's just a name that is just always in my head. Matthew Lombardi. Matthew Lombardi's
2: a legend.
1: Legend. He runs a <laughs> cannabis did. company now. You know that,
2: really? Yeah, I did know that actually. Yeah,
1: fun. I tweeted at him once. He didn't respond. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> of you as you do of him,
2: <laughs> and now he never. Now he never watches Calgary Flames games ever.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, probably. <laughs> oh, okay. I feel like our teams are pretty solid. I feel like there's not like, if you, if you had one player on, one player off, I feel like. You know, at the end of the day, the centers are probably going to be on King Canada, McDavid, Crosby, you know, O'Reilly and Tavares or something like that. I'd be, it's, they're going to pick their guys, you know, like Team Canada always does. I just wanted to pick people I felt, you know, deserve a little bit of love. So, Bo Horvat made that. Suzuki made that. Devin Taves initially made that. I bounced him. Sorry. I'm worried. I'm
0: worried Drew Doughty will end up on Team Canada, but you know. Oh
1: my goodness! I that that there's no Wait way. The even,
2: even we all know there's. I a- wouldn't say no way. I wouldn't say no way because there's going to be you know there's going to be like two players on the team that just like shock you. Like the year right. that like huh. it, it'll it'll be like in 2014 when Matt Duchesne made it over Claude Giroux. Yep.
0: you know like it's just gonna be like like everyone had closure everyone in the world had closure on their team on the u.s team like same kind of thing like yeah there is a mentality and for the u.s it's about and for the canadians it's we got our boys you know and that's that's that
1: exactly anyways cool i feel like that's a a good place to kind of wrap up uh matt can you tell people where to find you
2: Find me on Twitter at Matthew O'Han, M-A-T-T-H-E-W-O-H-A-Y-O-N. Find me on Instagram, same same spelling. Uh, find me on Facebook. Don't add me on Facebook. I don't add people that aren't that I, I don't actually know. Um, go yeah, just go go check out go check out my stuff. Check add me them out on Parler. Uh... Me out on LinkedIn. Yeah, sure. Yeah, find find me on Parler. I have really good stuff on there. Oh,
1: I, I gotta and, say, uh, I'm pretty I'm happy with myself that I didn't up tony d'angelo once and that's restraint on my part <laughs> and now you did though i mean we'll edit it in post
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right and, and uh, Don, where can people where find can you people find you where can people find you i just asked you the same question oh i didn't hear you well too bad okay. huh? <laughs> yikes you first uh you can find me on twitter at dustin k fleming uh the yes. best place to find me is twitter
1: yeah, same thing for me on Twitter uh, Matthew underscore Coit, uh, Coyte, C O Y T E. You can find me on Instagram Matthew Coit. Uh, you can also find me on LinkedIn if you really want to bump my LinkedIn numbers. I haven't been as active on Twitter because I've really been trying to juice my LinkedIn. My LinkedIn, honestly. No,
2: that's that's a lie. You've been trying to juice your TikTok. Is what you've been <laughs> my TikTok is
1: is sick. If you yeah, want it's to see fantastic. some fantastic, I
2: fe- I feature in two of them. It's fantastic.
1: Yeah, it's fun. If you want to see some good hockey TikTok, oh, you'll that follow. Hurt. me. I'm on perfect. tiktok cat single one yet you absolutely you, you almost made it. I, I had to cut you out of one i'll be totally honest <laughs>
2: oh. <laughs> that's brutal <laughs> that's, that's okay that's, that's, a rough, that's a rough like one.
1: any good show we end on a heartbreak um <laughs> <great>. <laughs> Thank thanks for listening everybody photos. we'll catch you guys next week see you then.